And we're back with another episode of The Chris and Daryl Podcast. How's it going, brother? Good. How are you, man? It's been, uh, feels like a week since we've been here. Yeah, it's actually week five. Week five, episode five. Episode five, and we're still alive. Still alive, barely. All these yeah. audiobooks pulling in and yeah. all this great business. It feels like springtime's coming. Yeah, bands are in the studio, in and out. It's great. We're getting a lot of work done. The yep. weather is still crap, and yeah, it's getting cold again. Another cold snap. Cold snap, but that's that's it. It's gonna it's gonna be pushing here towards warmer weather soon. So, yeah, I'm feeling like the winter is finally kind of starting to see the end, which is nice. Yeah, I like winter. I like all the snow we've been getting. It's uh, this last wind was. Uh, Wind and snow was pretty brutal. It turned into cement in my driveway, and it's like chipping ice. And then it feels like that foot. We almost got a foot, I think, eight inches, ten inches, something like that. And it just compacted into like six inches of wind blown, crusty. Yeah, kind yeah. of like my driveway here. Yeah, it's a nightmare. We should find a uh, snowplow sponsor for the that's studio. That's a good here. idea. I think that's going to be uh, yes. something on the agenda here yes it's a great <laughs> idea i like that so this episode is actually brought to you by wild horse recording and uh it's pretty exciting in the last week we've had uh we've had the chris davies band in and he brought his full band in yesterday and we got to record a couple of his songs for his ep and great guy great group of guys and yeah, it's a cool vibe man daryl you're awesome engineer brother and thank you super streamlined and efficient yeah yeah I felt like we got a lot done in a good amount of time and everybody seemed happy. Yep. Well, there's our introduction. Um, you can find us on our YouTube channel. You can, uh, if basically, if you just go to Google and type the Chris and Daryl podcast, uh, Daryl, you want to spell your name? Cause you know, D A R Y L. There you go. And it's Chris with a C H R I S. It has all those letters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe I remembered them all. <laughs> but anyway, Google us. We have a YouTube channel and uh, we have an RSS feed out there on all the players. Uh, if you search the same name, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. We do have a website that's going to be launched very soon and uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. You'll be able to find all of our content shenanigans there and uh, on our youtube channel we've started to separate the musical performances and the prank phone calls into their own short little videos so they're easier to share so let's talk about some of the local happenings that are going on around the cities here we like to uh, kind of stick around stillwater it's easy it's a beautiful little town um, but every once in a while we'll we'll mention the the bigger twin cities there um, the Tilted Tiki is an awesome music venue. They have $2 Tuesdays with a TWP open mic that starts at 6 p.m. That's every Tuesday. On March 6th, you have a comedy night at 8 p.m. The place packs up. It's a lot of fun. They run specials. Um, on March 8th, you have the Kurt Jorgensen and Brianna Tag there from 7 to 10. Jorgensen Tag. They're a great duo from the region here. On March 9th, you have Tati the Island Boy, and he's this jolly Hawaiian guy that gets up with a microphone. It's not quite karaoke. He 
He's got his computer, a backing track, and he just works the crowd, and it's absolutely entertaining and fun, and he actually gets the entire room dancing. So if you haven't seen Tati yet, go down there and check him out. Seven to ten, that's all at the Tilted Tiki. I haven't seen I don't think I've seen him. No. Have I? Um, I don't think you've seen him. Sounds uh, fun though. It is fun. It's 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 fun to, you know, go out and and uh just I don't know, you can't help but smile when, when he sits there and sings these songs, you know, like um because it sounds like he has a full band and then you turn around and look and it's this Hawaiian guy up there just singing like Frank Sinatra. Not like Frank Sinatra, but kind of the same, you know, just presence on the stage and Cool. Yeah, it's entertaining. At the Lift Bridge, um, over the next couple of weeks, there's some fun events going on. Every Thursday, you got Snyder and Co. at 6.30, and that's a lot of fun. Don't tell anybody about it. Just uh, grab your grab your loved one, come down, play some games, try the new beers that are on tap. On March 9th, from noon till 10 p.m., you have the Irish Fest at the Lift Bridge, which is featuring the Irish Coffee Stout. Get your ticket. And once you get a ticket, you get a beer token, good for a free beer, and you have access to some great dancers and bands. And that's, I don't know, I like supporting the Lift Bridge. They're a great player in our community. They do a lot uh, to give back to the community of Stillwater. And, and they have great beer. And they do have great beer. And coming up in April, there's the uh, Mango Blonde release, and that's going to be a really fun project. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Uh, every year it goes off great. And... I'll be releasing the lineup of musicians for that here soon. And speaking of events, we actually uh, just had Cassandra Cole pop in to do a little uh, narration on one of your audiobooks. Um, she's trying out for a uh, narrator position on the, one of the one of the audiobooks, and uh, she just basically comes into the studio, tells a bunch of stories, makes us laugh, and kind of yeah. leaves here. And we're just like, "Oh man, that was great!" But anyway, we do want to pump her show. On March 22nd at 9 p.m. at the Aster Cafe. Um, that is in Minneapolis. And she has a special guest, Joel Robertson. And it is $10. And that money goes to the music- musicians. Um, but sh- if you haven't seen her, you need to get out and check her out. Because she's she's a great songwriter and a great person. So, yeah, those are, those are some of the local happenings that are happening. And I think something that's happening soon is you have to pull your ice shacks off the river. Am I right? Oh, I believe that already. I think that it was either this last weekend, I believe. Really? Yeah. I saw a couple out there today when I crossed. Most of them were gone, but on the St. Croix, I seen a couple. Do you think those are stuck? Yeah. And actually, I'll just look this up quick. February 20th. Yeah, they're already done. Really? Yep. We're joined today in the studio with Ben Tamandel and... He has a band with his significant other, Laurel. Hey. Yep. And uh, they're called the Pickled Beats. And so we're going to, next time, maybe we'll bring Laurel on. Yeah. And then maybe after that, we bring both of you guys on. Because, yeah, I love y'all's music. And um, he's going to be playing a song today that he wrote for his grandpa. Um, so that's our musical guest for the week. Ben Tamando, Master Ice Fisherman, Walleye Slayer. <laughs> How big was that last walleye? Um, it was the when you have visited me. That was yeah. that morning walleye. That was uh, twenty five inches. Ooh, nice. yeah, curled like yeah. it was curled twenty five. <laughs> yeah. It was fat though, dude. It was like <laughs> it was fat. <laughs> yeah, it was just nice a it was a releaser though, right? Uh, I ended up eating it. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
Oh, it's, it I'm always thinking when I'm thinking walleye fishing, I'm thinking Malax, where like you can't keep a 25 slot. You? Yeah. You're in that big range of. Yeah. Can't do On anything. this lake, you can keep one over 18. Oh. So. Sweet. Yeah. That was the one. That <laughs> yeah. was the one. And How'd it, it taste? I haven't eaten it, eaten it yet. It's it's in the freezer. Okay. Wait, what's yeah. the difference between eating it and eating it, eating it? <laughs> You'd have to ask her. It's, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we traveled this weekend, went to Malax. I was saying earlier, one night, and then we only caught one fish. So we decided, let's go to Lake of the Woods. It was Laurel's idea, honestly. I was like, okay, you don't have to tell me twice. So we packed up and split heading up there, and we got to around Leech Lake area, like Walker. And I was calling resorts on the way and everybody's like, yeah, come on up. Give us your money. Yeah. Come on up. Give us your money. We got a road. Yeah. 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 We're catching fish. And then I got a hold of this guide and he says, don't, if you come up here, you're probably not going to get off the ice until Tuesday. And you know, this was on Saturday. I'm like, what? He's like, we got high winds coming. It could be 50 mile an hour winds and nobody's going to get off the lake. And I was like, wow. So Laurel and I were like, holy, let's stop here. So we just, Ended up fishing near Leech Lake uh, on Saturday night, but we woke up in the morning and it was blowing all night and woke up and it was drifted and we were like, "Uh oh, holy man, isolated and, you know, just stuck. And so we ended up, I got a hold of the resort and he came out and plowed us out, but it was uh, rough. (sighs) And then we heard and saw guys are stuck up in Lake of the Woods, like. This one dude's 22 miles out, buried in slush, and it's like, I mean, his truck will freeze in if they don't get him in time. And yeah, kind of a, (laughs) so we were glad we didn't go Mm -hmm. because, plus you drag a wheelhouse up there. It's a lot of, you know, a lot of work. Yeah. Stuff breaks. And so we made it back, but it was quite the adventurous weekend, that's for sure. It took us a long time to drive home yesterday. I think we were on the road for 14 hours. Wow. What? Yeah. So <laughs> we, we were, we were, you know, we were five hours away. Yeah. But just driving slow. I mean, we stopped quite a bit just because of kind of white knuckling it. Yeah. Yeah. But did you bring your shack? Yeah. We, okay. We hauled it up there. So, you know, it's, it's uh, seven feet tall mm-hmm. and wide and 20 feet long. And so the wind hits it and you're, and you hit a patch of ice and it just, <laughs> it, the truck yeah. and right the over. wheelhouse just, they move. Yeah. So, you try to go slow when you do that. I had an episode on our way snowmobiling to Colorado with that, except it sent us into a crazy snake spin. Yeah, no and thanks. Luckily, my buddy, uh, who's a professional truck driver and a pilot, and uh, you know he loves wielding the wheel. You know, mm-hmm. did he get it back? He did, but I was wow. sleeping when it happened. I'm sleeping in the passenger seat, and I wake up to, whole shit, and I grab the sign. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's going on? And literally, we're going like this down the freeway at 50 miles an hour. Yeah, it's not fun. No. He corrected it, though. I was so impressed. I was like, dude, I can't. I, we were both just like, I cannot believe you just saved no, that, kidding. dude. Yep. We had our buddies behind us and watched the whole thing go yeah. down. Everybody, and then the stories afterwards are like, we saw you going sideways with a trailer, a huge trailer. Wow. We had four snowmobiles on <clears throat> We saw quite a few people in the ditch on the way home. Do you have that footage when uh, I came out when you were northern fishing and uh, I was doing Brody's? You took Somewhere, some video? Yeah. yeah, we need yeah. to clip to that right now. Well, so now that you're in Minnesota, um, <laughs> maybe we can re-teach people your term or do you, or do we teach you our term? You can because what is a Brody? Win in Rome? Oh, a donut, a shitty, a whippy. Okay, yeah. 
Brody, though. Uh, <laughs> you got to be with bros to do a Brody. Brody. Did, it, did I say Brody? Yeah, we're donies. You said Brody. Oh. Or shitties. Yeah, shitties. Shitties. Yeah. Uh, Brody. They're called Brodies in Alaska. I mean, we call them Brodies. Hey, man, do a Brody. Sorry. No. You guys call here. them snowmobiles and I call them snow machines. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I call it soda pop. We call it pop. And no, some people so. call it soda, but never soda yeah. pop. Anyway. You know, I was talking to your mom the other day and she said you had a buddy that lives in Star Prairie that's like a fishing guide. Yeah. Andy. He was on Andy. the show last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, his business sponsored our, our podcast. Right on. I got to meet him. Yeah, he's yeah. a cool guy. Excellent. Great guy. Okay. Yeah. A wealth of knowledge to fishing extraordinaire. Nice. Awesome dude. Yeah. Hunting. He's a birder. Your mom was like, you got to meet him. You yep. got to tell Chris. So. Yep. But you got to invite me on every fishing trip. You got it, man. Okay. <laughs> it's whirlwind waterfowl is his business. He has a YouTube channel and a website and cool. But yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to introduce you to him. Nice. He's a cool dude. But yeah, tell us about the the song you came to play and, and a little bit about your music, where you play, if you have a website, that type of stuff. Sure. Uh, so gosh, I've been playing since forever and, uh, I play in a group, Pickle Beats with my significant other, Laurel. Hey, um, we just kind of play all over the St. Croix Valley, uh, taking a, a break right now. She's got vocal nodules. So she, she uh. actually had surgery, I don't know, 10 years ago, something like that. And so she, they're kind of back. So she's had to take a break. But other than that, um, yeah, she put out an album last year. That is great. If you have a chance to check it out. Where can we check it out at? On her website, laurelhaymusic.com, I believe. <clears throat> Otherwise, uh, you know, Facebook page, whatever. I don't know okay. the addresses of all this stuff. Yeah. Laurel <clears throat> with the L at the end. L-A-U-R-E-L. Hey. Yeah. Cool. Laurelhaymusic.com. Okay. Uh, so then we do, uh, <clears throat> we have a, uh, singer songwriter challenge that we do on Facebook. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. If you don't yeah. Yeah. So we started that. Oh gosh. Laurel, Laurel has dates and things. I, I just kind of <laughs> float along. You're like a typical so, guy. It's <laughs> like, I think it's, uh, I'm going to say, gosh, she's going to kill me. Cause it's going to be wrong. <clears throat> it's like going on four years, uh, where we've done a winter challenge and a summer challenge. And so basically uh, it's a Facebook page, and then every week you get a prompt, a writing prompt, so it's like a word, and then you write a song about it, and then you post a post a video of the song you wrote. And so we've had, you know, I don't know, we've probably had like 100 people that write and post songs. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so then every after every summer challenge, we have a showcase. So all those people that wrote for the last six months get together, we have like a party, and everybody plays music, all the different prompts we talk about the songs and songwriting process then we do the same thing for the winter challenge uh so we've been doing that and actually one of the songs i was going to play was a song that what the prompt was old-fashioned that week and so i wrote the song based on that Um, okay and so that's kind of how it works you just get a writing prompt and you write a song and then who does the judging or is there there is no judging it's not a contest it's just basically a way to you know, trigger writing and to share and then to, it's not really critiquing each other, but to m- more encourage each other. Awesome. Yeah. It's, it's been a good thing. So it is awesome. We've and, got a lot of great writers. And you have something <clears throat> coming up at Ziggy's. We do. Yeah. We do a, a showcase there and it's kind of a, a Nashville 
format. So we have usually three people on stage at once uh, that are showcased for the night. And then we have a house guitar player, uh, Paul Masich. He's from, I think he's from White Bear here. So uh, he's there once a month. Uh, and then Laurel hosts it. So she is kind of the MC. And then I run sound, do all the clearing. Cool. And okay. I sit back and play harmonica and sing harmonies once in a while too. On okay. All the soundboard. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So when, if, yeah, when is if that? you get a chance, come check that out. When is that? Uh, Wednesdays. I think it's the third Wednesday of every month. Cool. We had to cancel last week. So we are next week. And what is the, there's a Facebook page for that? No, that's just, uh, it's at Ziggy's downtown. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Where do people submit their, their songs or how do they join that? Well, for that, it's a kind of a invite. It's an invite only kind of thing. Okay. And so we just, uh, Laurel does all the organizing of that. So she's book. She does all the booking. Cool. For that show. Yeah. Is it, um, what are the musicians comprised of singer songwriters? It's singer songwriters. Yeah. And it's all original songs. Okay. And is that what you're trying to stick to is just yep. the, the guitar and vocal type of deal? You got it. Okay. Yeah. And if they have a different instrument, uh, that's fine. We've had a piano player. We've had a uh, ukulele player. We've had a violin player. Okay. So. <clears throat> but no productions per no. se. Yeah. You gotcha. Got okay. Yeah. And all local musicians, you mentioned Preston Gunnarsson was supposed to be here. He's done the showcase. Uh, Joanne Parker, Ken Valdez. I mean, we've got Sarah Morris. I mean, we've had a list of like. Cool. I don't know. We've probably had a hundred do it so far. So very cool. Yeah. It's been fun. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, the song you're about to play with the name of it. So yeah, it's old fashioned. Uh, so the prompt that week was writing prompt was old fashioned. So I yeah wrote a song uh, about my grandparents. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get it set up and let's, let's hear that song. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Ben. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah, thanks ben. for having me. Grammy used to dance to shortwave on Sundays. Park Grandpa sang along. She baked some bread, he pulled out his dice box to teach him lessons to his grandsons. Well, well, his love was old fashioned, an old fashioned kind of love. Her love was old-fashioned, an old-fashioned kind of love. You and I, we got time on our side. Yet it feels like I've known you my whole life. The way you move when I'm moving next to you. Feels like the ocean moving with the stars, cause... All of these old fashioned, an old fashioned kind of love. And all of these old fashioned, an old fashioned kind of love. Brush the dust off that picture album so we can see them smile. Polish up that old patina Make that short wave shine Be still, my heart Be mine 
wave on Sundays While Grandpa sang along She baked some bread He pulled out his dice box To teach him lessons to his grandsons Well, well His love was old-fashioned An old-fashioned kind of love Her love was old-fashioned, an old-fashioned kind of love. And all love is old-fashioned, an old-fashioned kind of love. And all love is old-fashioned, an old-fashioned kind of love. All right, so we're calling Daryl's friend Joel. Yep, Joel. Joel. All right, cool. Here we go. Hello, Joel. Yeah. Hey, I I was giving you a call. I I you've been recommended. I got me a koi pond, and uh, last year I I'd come home with a couple of crappie and a a couple of rock bass, and I let them go in my koi pond, and I started feeding them, and they started getting bigger, and now they've gone done eating all my koi. And I'm trying to figure out how to get him out of my koi pond. It's a kind of a three quarter wrap around around my five thousand square foot house, and uh, I don't know how to get him out of here. Well, dynamite's probably your best. Well, I I done tried that, but then they go and scurry off to the other end of the pond. It's a three quarter three quarter wrap koi pond. Well, if you haven't tried dynamite and tried getting in there naked and chasing it. Well, I mean, we actually use it as a hot tub. Well, then you're halfway there. Are you completely naked or only partly naked? Well, I'm kind of worried about getting totally naked. I wear compression pants when I get in there because one time I got a weird amoeba and it crawled up in my pee-pee hole. Wow. Did it fall off? What? Did it fall off? Uh, Well, the fish fall off. But did your pee-pee fall off? No. Your pee-pee fell off in the koi pond, and there's your problem. Oh. Well, maybe I should try something a little bit different. Well, yeah. My best bet, if you've tried dynamite, you've got in there naked, your pee-pee already fell off. You should probably, you know, probably try... Hamsters? Oh, guinea pigs. I mean, I tried everything. Yeah, throw some. You try throwing guinea pigs in there. Yeah, but I can't swim too good. And my wife gets all sad. Yeah, no, no, no. Sad vibes about guinea pigs. That's probably the worst thing you can do in life, other than losing your pee pee from an amoeba. You might not know that that's a joke. That's Joel. That's a hundred percent Joel. Oh, perfect.
quick. Okay. That was awesome. Okay, so on this segment, we're going to discuss a little bit about what we've all been up to in the old Google searches. There's a lot of keyword searches that are Googled, and we've got a website pulled up that has all the data on all of the Googled words for 2018 and how many times they were Googled. And some of this might alarm you. And uh, it's just interesting to see where we're sitting in our minds uh, when we're not talking to our spouse, when we're not talking to our children, when we're not talking to our friends, and uh, when we're sitting on our phones and just immersed in this technology that is taking us away from, you know, our, the connections, our families and our connections of being alive. Is it a surprise that the number one thing on the internet is Facebook? No. 236 million people Googled that every 11 days. Let's just run through the top 10. Facebook, YouTube, Amazon, Google, Gmail, eBay, Yahoo, Craigslist, Weather. Wait a second. What list are you looking at? Oh. oh. Well, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the Excel spreadsheet. I think it's the uncensored version. Oh, yeah. You're right. Let me get to the raw uncensored <laughs> version here. And actually, what's funny is there's a return rate listed here. So Facebook is the highest return rate as number one. Yep. YouTube is number two. Facebook's return rate is 11.32. YouTube's return rate is 6.52. Well, you go down to number six and it's Pornhub and its return rate is 10.31. So, so even though it's not the most searched, it's the most revisited. It's well, it's just under Facebook. Just under Facebook, which is pretty crazy. It kind of is. And then, I mean, there's, as you scroll through this list, oh, whoa, MSN, that has a return rate of 12.19. So that's even more than Facebook. And what you'll see, the number of things that are Googled are everything you rightfully know as like household names. We're talking Home Depot, Facebook login, CNN, Hotmail, Fox News, Google Drive, Calculator, Maps. Like, these are actually unadulterated things that are searched. So we start analyzing this. We start seeing we're living our lives on, on, on the internet and we're forgetting about a lot of the day-to-day interactions we have with people. And that's kind of scary. I think. I think it is. I, uh, anytime I go to a restaurant now, I look around and everybody's on their phone. Yes, they are. <laughs> it's actually embarrassing. It is like, I just like, really, are we as people really that like, we can't just hang out with the person we're with or looking at other people's lives on Facebook is another, uh, I have a personal problem with that just because, you know, we can all pick and choose the best points of our life and post it on Facebook. Right. It's not, you know, but it's perceived as the life of the person, which is not fair to reality in my opinion. But um, the list goes on and on, and uh, okay, and we're at you know we're at like thirty five here. At PayPal, okay, so where you're spending your money because that's what PayPal is about. It's where your money gets extracted from your account. ESPN, okay, that's cool. Sports are great. Uh, that's cool. You know that's number thirty five. 
I get that. That's entertainment. And I'm not going to deny the entertainment factor by I, any means. But, I can't um, believe Google Maps isn't closer to number one. Maps was, though. Maps was? I think, yeah, I think... Uh, Google Maps is number 12. I use that all the time, even yeah. if I know where I'm going. Yeah, Google Maps, number 12. Yeah. Yeah. But are you using that more than Pornhub? <laughs> that would be the question. <laughs> Not recently. According <laughs> according to this, you're using Pornhub more. But anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't use Amazon. Okay, so let's scroll down a little ways. Let's uh let's get down past 50 here. Oh, number 50, Trump. Number 51, porn. Number 52, Roblox, I, I and I have no idea what that is. I think this is updated constantly cuz like we're one behind. I think this changes. Oh, it probably does. Yeah, no, I think it's a live algorithm. Yep. Boom. Yep. It is. It is crazy. It's, yeah. All right, so this is live live tracking on Google. Um, so these are the list goes on to mundane things that are being Googled. Not how the universe was created. Not how to be a better husband. Just not how what to be a better we person. Want yes, it's as things a human we want. Species. Oh, Coles number sixty-seven. Coles. I want some discounted jeans. What the fuck? What's Coles? Oh, K. Yeah, Coles or K H O L S. Yeah, yeah. I don't Kohl's. think I've ever been in one. Well, anyone in Minnesota that buys discounted, no uh, T J Maxx, baby. Well, similar Kohl's. or Sierra. Actually, Sierra Trading Post is pretty fucking rad. Yeah, but that's not Kohl's. That's in Woodbury. That ain't Coles, dude. <laughs> Pizza Hut, dude. Number seventy nine. Pizza Hut, the seventy ninth most googled. Search is Pizza Hut. And 83 is Domino's. I think I would probably order Domino's over Pizza Hut. I'm just saying. From what I see, I see a bunch of porn in the top 100. Is that what that is? Yeah. And you porn makes it back to number 100, too. I find it to be slightly uh, absurd. It makes me reflect on my own life, too, because... I'm a, I'm a victim of these Google searches as well. And it makes you circle back on yourself and say, okay, what really matters these days? Um, I don't, I, I don't even know anymore. I know that, uh, your standard family, friends, you know, integrity and all that stuff is, is where it's supposed to be. But I don't, I don't necessarily see that that's what everyone else is up to. With the, you know, people are more concerned about their stance on politics when, when, uh, at least when I was younger, they knew that it didn't matter that much to, to hate on somebody else because of their political view, but they certainly do now. Well, we have more of a platform to announce it to the world than a town hall back in the fifties. That's true. You know? But yeah, I mean, it's just the, uh, it's how it is. And it is interesting to see this list. We should maybe, I don't know, maybe on our Facebook page, we should post a link to this list. Cause I think it's super interesting. It is. And apparently it updates every time you update your page. 
yeah, which it's is pretty constantly cool. tracking. And Facebook is still number one by far. The thing that catches me, I guess the thing that threw me off is that um, nothing on here, which I thought was actually pretty interesting, is that self-serving. Yeah. I thought it would be cool to see, or I think I should say, I think it would be cool to see people searching um, how to make, Yeah, or how or, to make somebody else's life better. Yeah. Selfless or, searches. Yeah. Or even. Who has time for that, Daryl? I don't know, but what about even just how to make spaghetti? Not sure that uh, <laughs> you're not sure a 21 year old even knows what spaghetti is anymore. No, it's you can buy it in Walmart, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the number 15. Walmart. So yeah. anyway, I'm just sparking thought, food for thought. I don't have a a huge opinion on the matter. I just I just wanted to say like consider this list as uh the mass of people on the internet Googling these terms. And these terms are very uh, uneventful. Uh, they're nothing on here. And I'm, I'm searching Fox news, Google drive, calculator, maps, MSN, Lowe's target, PayPal, ESPN, bank of America, Instagram, AOL, mail, entertainment, X hamster, another porn site, Wells Fargo, Pinterest, Zillow. None of these things have to do with information necessary like a learning or you know like the internet really is good for learning you can learn a lot from the internet well nobody's obviously searching for any of that they're learning where they can spend their money how are they making their money that's the other question right <laughs> corporations i suppose so anyway food for thought food for thought food for thought by daryl and chris on the chris and daryl Podcast. <laughs> well, I was told by a friend of mine that uh, beards are one of the dirtiest things known to women. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> that that no, could be true. Like, yeah. they, they've taken swabs from yeah. beards. I know, and there's fecal matter and everything <laughs> else in there. <laughs> okay, first of all... <laughs> That's not where you're going to say. I think it goes from like, you're sitting on the toilet and you're texting and then you rub your beard. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but it's not, when you sit on the toilet, do you get shit on your hands? I don't. And if I do, I wash them. Yeah. And if I don't, I don't. (laughs) Have you ever been in an old house, second floor situation where you're on the second floor and there's not enough pressure to actually fill the toilet and then... You know, you do the deuce. Your guys get big. <laughs> you're looking for rubber gloves. Yeah. And you're just like, uh-oh, how do I get out of here? And, you know, it's a house full of roommates that are women, and you're just trying to hide your shame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that almost happened today. I grabbed the trash can, and I filled it up with water in the bathtub, and I self-flushed it <laughs> Dude, I heard a story once that was uh, this person on name, name unknown would, would have a coat hanger like readily available. I don't know if they hit it and they're like under the sink or whatever, but they would have to, they took such large dukes that they would have to chop it up, chop it up. So it go. <laughs> that's a case of too much fiber. I think. Yeah. 
cat only has nine lives. All right. If this is the time I'm going to tell the story, I'm going to tell the story. I was flying in a little plane across the Teton mountains. So kind of in the Rocky mountains. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we were trying to get to a location, um, by the morning and we made the decision at the last fuel stop that, okay, yeah, it's, it's nighttime. We got to fly over some pretty high peaks. The plane's max altitude was 18,000 feet. We couldn't go any higher than that. Didn't have enough horsepower to go higher. And I remember that we consciously made the decision to go for it. There was no air mats and air mats are um, basically like weather news for aviators. And there was no air mats saying that there was icing or anything like that or anything weird weather wise, but the mountains are the, the black zone when it comes to aviation, Mm -hmm. like especially under 18,000 feet, you're in the weather Mm -hmm. at that altitude. So We said, okay, yeah, you know, it's it's cold and, you know, it's not ideal by any means to be crossing the Rocky Mountains at 18,000 feet when some of the peaks are 18,000 feet or or more. And we decided to go for it. We made the, we, we consciously made the decision to go for it we, together as, you know, I was the co-pilot and the pilot, you know, obviously was the one mainly in charge. And uh, we made the decision to go for it. And so we went for it. We're flying. Um, he had a... Uh, a Garmin GPS that was able to do, um, IFR, um, which is instrument flight rating. You can fly your airplane with instruments instead of visual. So VFR is visual flight Mm -hmm. rating. Um, IFR is instrument. Yep. So we were flying IFR. We were flying instrument only. Um, was it cloudy? It was pitch dark. It was middle of night. It was, uh, midnight when we took off. You know, it was in the middle of the night. And so we knew we were going to take this course and head towards um, this group of airports that would get us over the mountain range. And then we, there would be a few different places to land. So we, we took off. Everything was good. We're flying along. We're at, um, uh, I think our max altitude at that point was maxed out at 18,000 feet. We're flying at 18,000 feet, just trying to get across the mountain range. And right about halfway through the point, which you would not want anything to go wrong because you're in the middle of a mountain range. We took on icing on the plane and we started losing altitude and it wasn't like this, um, doom and gloom moment. It was, Oh, we're taking on icing, you know? Okay. Okay. What's that mean? I'm thinking it's not good, you know, but we're definitely getting icing. Like, okay. Well, he's like, and I'm looking at the, the weather channel that's always flooding into these aviators and it says, you know, there's no icing. So he's thinking, okay, we'll probably pass through this little patch or whatever. Cause you're flying at 200 miles an hour and the icing just kept getting worse. And actually uh, to kind of move the story along, the icing got bad enough to where we started losing altitude and he kept moving the throttle forward and pitching the props more towards takeoff, which is like they're grabbing as much air. He keeps pitching forward and giving it more throttle to maintain altitude. Well, at some point, he was what they would call it a full forward. Like we're at takeoff. We're at full forward, max everything we have, and we're losing altitude, which means the plane is going down. And at that point, I like tighten my seatbelt. And, you know, I, I let him do his thing. He was very in tune to his GPS because at that point, as we're losing altitude, he has to pick his point. Well, yeah, he has to figure out where we're going to land. Like this right. is, yeah, but we're literally like 
over the Rockies. Yes. And there was nowhere to land. So we were like, this Fuck. is, yeah, this is kind of a, a holy shit moment. And, uh, we kept descending at full forward, kept descending. And, um, and at one point I noticed on his GPS, there was these red blobs popping up on his GPS. And I remember looking over at him saying, what are those red blobs on there? And he goes, those are the mountain peaks. And I was like, well, why are they red? He's like, because they're above us. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have much more to say. I could put two and two together thinking, mm-hmm. okay, so now we're in a Thread video. the needle. Yeah. Now we're in a video game. No. So when you lose altitude in a plane with icing, uh, it's very gradual. So this is over like a, a two hour stretch. We were losing altitude knowing that we had to land, but we were in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. There was nowhere to land. So when these little red blobs popped up on the screen, he just said at one point, he said, I'm going to just make sure that we're flying in between all these red things. So I'm thinking like, okay, so you're literally playing a video game. Yeah. Stains. And I was thinking, dude, you better do a good job. You better be good at video games. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, as we progress and, and uh, I remember looking out the window I remember just because there's no lights, you know, but I remember just seeing like smeary, slushy stuff on the windows. And I remember looking out and seeing the actual wing have like the wing had like that much ice on it, like two inches of ice on the leading edge of the wing. And I remember just tightening my seatbelt and just and then at one point I just said, you know what? I there's nothing I can do. There's absolutely nothing I can do. And I kind of just tried to like meditate my way through it because I was really stressed out. And uh we kept on flying and yeah, you started at 18. Yep. And at this point, um, we're like descending below 10,000 feet, which like the base of the mountains are like at 5,000 feet. Right. And I'm thinking, wow, we're like, and, and he's literally like, cause cont- the mountains are on a plateau. Well, yeah. And they're above sea level, like yeah. mile high stadium. Right? Yeah. 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 It starts and, at a mile high. Yep. Okay. And they're staggered, you know, and you got the peaks yep. and all that. And yep. So the peaks are what we really saw on the GPS. And he knew to just <clears throat> stay in the valleys. And that's and what we were doing. See shit. No, there's not. You, no. no. And actually, at this point, there's an inch of ice on the windshield of the plane. So, like, there was no, there was definitely no seeing anything. And, uh, dude. Yeah. That's scary. So we continued losing elevation. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talk. We didn't talk a lot. Uh, we no. knew we both knew what was happening. We both knew that there was it probably a grim end. outcome. Yep. I personally knew in the back of my mind, I, w- I was already preparing for an abrupt ending. But uh, we kept flying. We kept losing altitude. And he said, all of a sudden, because we're both wearing the, the headphones, yeah. he keyed up and said, there's an airport, you know, X amount of miles away. I think it was like 50 miles or something like that. There's a, there's an airport 50 miles away. It's in this valley. I think that there's a chance that we can make it there, but a we're chance. losing. Yes, there's a chance that we can make it there, but we're losing altitude. And, I, you know, he didn't really elaborate. Pilots yeah. actually yeah. don't elaborate. No. They said, there's he's an airport make, 50 miles gonna away. He's going to make it. That's where we're going. He's going to make it. He's like, we're going to this airport. That's where we're going. I'm like, yeah, let's go. I'm all <laughs> aboard. Is there a Starbucks? <laughs> oh man so um at this point um now we made it into this valley which seemed to be um it seemed to be uh there was no breath of fresh air at uh, at any point in this but it seemed to be i was like okay we're in a valley that's cool but there's mountains on both sides i can see them on his gps 
and uh, he maintained course to landing at this place uh, at this airport. He he knew how to vector in to their towers or whatever to vector into this spot. And I remember at one point we're still full forward. The plane is as fast as it can go. The props are like takeoff speed. Like we're we're at is this plane can't go any faster. This is all we got. And this is what we've been doing for the last two hours. Mm hmm descending down now we're under seven thousand feet so now we've lost like uh, <laughs> a lot yeah and we made it into a valley i remember we cleared a shelf of clouds to where in the distance now we couldn't see out of the windshield but um i don't know how how we could see it or why because i could remember descending past a layer of clouds to where like all of a sudden there wasn't so much mist outside the windows all of a sudden it was like black it's like, okay, we're under the clouds. I don't know what that means, if that's good or not, but okay, here we go. And uh, we came in. After we passed 7,000 feet, I did feel a, a moment of like, okay, we're actually coming in for a landing, but we don't have control of our descent. So, okay, you know, this this is going to still be interesting no matter what. At least we're coming into an airport in the middle of the mountains. Thank God there's one there. And uh, we came in and... One of the last things that was said between me and him is, uh, I'll never forget it. I said, uh, can you land a plane not seeing out of the windshield? And he looked over at me and he said, no. And I just said, um, nothing. I didn't know what to say. Like, what the fuck do you say to a pilot who just says, no, I can't land the plane without seeing out of the windshield. So I'm thinking, well, how the fuck are you going to land the plane then? So we're coming in. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, there's a little trick. And he used it is they called it like a dog walking or dog fishing or whatever, where um, he uses one of the pedals and he uses the rudder to kick the back of the plane out so he could look out his window, fly the plane in like this. Oh, and the last yep, second. And at the last second, you just. Whoosh. So, wow. yeah, but that's, but that's not where it ends. So is there wind? Uh, I don't remember a bunch of wind. I just remember that um, we had like over. S- According to him, according to the pilot, we had like over six or 800 pounds of ice on the plane is is what would make it not fly anymore. And we were right at that limit. And we were right at like, we were at full, I mean, we were at, oh, we were overloaded and the plane was going down. Right. Yeah. So as soon as we hit the runway coming in as he's dog tailing it or whatever they want to call it. Right. Dog, dog Mm -hmm. walking. We hit the runway all the ice breaks off the wings of the plane oh, and you're full force. And, anyway. and we just went straight back up in the air. And he, he knew because we couldn't see we're in the middle of the mountain range. It's not one of those airports. You just do a quick loop and landing. No. So he just knew that like, Oh no, this is not we're cool. going to the next one. No, he, he, uh, put the plane down pretty hard again. So we hit the ground, bounced up, bounced up and then, Came back down, down and then he he actually had to force the plane back down to land, wow. so we could land. And then uh, we we taxied the plane. We looked at the ice that was still on the plane, and uh, I'm gonna come give you a hug. <laughs> I'm glad you're fucking alive, man. Uh, I am too. <laughs> glad you're alive. Yeah, but oh, dude, I know it, that's a fucking thing. It was a scary. Uh, it's a great thing, but it's uh, it's no different. I will say this: I, I don't want to upplay my story or anything like that. It's it's those no. near deaths. You know, you you've, yeah. you're in that survival mode. But see, the thing about a plane 
is there's no, there's no out there. Well, there's no survival mode you can kick in. What are you no. going to do? No. You're going to grow wings and jump out? No. There's that. You, you have no survival. So your survival mode is all tucked into uh, uh, an airplane. Yeah. And like, and okay, I can pull my and... seatbelt tighter and what's that going to do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow. And we, what, so we sat on the. That's awesome story, man. We ended up spending the night uh, uh, in the lounge room at a little tiny, tiny ass airport. Happy as fuck. Eating Ghirardettos from the vending machine, Snickers yeah. bars. Pretty much luckily we were alive. Yeah. Yeah, it was really scary. And I haven't been in a little plane since. I've been in a big plane, but not a little one. I that scared uh that Yeah. I don't get I don't get scared easy, but uh put me over the Rocky Mountains in the middle of the night. <laughs> a little airplane. Yeah. The Chris and Daryl Podcast. Podcast.